0: So, we have a, a, a number of things on the agenda here today. The, the ladies from the Myrrh ministry are going to come. They've got a number of testimonies to share. And uh, then they want to lead us in time of prayer. So, we've got, we've, we've got, got a number of uh, things. I just hate to miss this moment. You know, I've been on this thing about Hamas and Israel and Palestine and all this stuff. And it is so much in everybody's awareness right now. I mean, so much is going on there. It, it, I, I wonder... How many of us are, are very concerned about what's going on there. It really seems to be escalating in a very, very serious way. So um, we, I was working on a message for the last two weeks that was supposed to be a one-week message, but they never are. And um, we are basically dealing with uh, five questions. The first one was, who or what is Hamas? And the answer to that is pretty simple. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Hamas is a Marxist, leftist, terrorist organization who exists for one reason, and that is to exterminate Jews. That's what they say, not what I say. That's what they say. That is their their reason for being, to wipe Israel off the face of the map. Um, The second question um, we uh, looked at was, why is there so much animosity? Why why does Hamas hate the Jews so much? And we could look at political answers and, Social answers, religious answers, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is there is a spiritual answer to this, and it is because anti-Semitism is demonic, okay? The devil hates the Jewish people, and they have been oppressed, persecuted, tortured uh, over the years by all kinds of different groups, um, as they have been a dispossessed people and and living uh, around the globe. So the reason why Hamas hates the Jewish people is because Hamas is full of the devil and the devil hates the Jewish people. And that's kind of the uh, the bottom line of the whole thing. And then today I thought the, the third question that we were on was, what is the history? And I'll, I'm only going to take like a couple of minutes uh, for this. What is the history of the Palestinians and of the land of Israel? Now that history goes way back to about 2000 B.C., right, and to a man named Abram that God called. Now, I want to just pull up these verses of Scripture to show you the biblical references as to the fact that God bequeathed this land to Abram and to his descendants, who, of course, are the people of Israel. So, first, a Scripture that I want to take a look at is first found in, in Genesis 12. Now, you know, Genesis 12 is the five-fold promise that God made to, um, to Abram. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram took off, he moved from the land of Haran, which essentially is somewhere Uh, today in in modern Iraq, and he finally arrives uh, in Canaan, and when he gets to Canaan, this is what the Lord spoke to him. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. There we go, okay. Then in Genesis chapter 15, there's a reiteration of the promise. God expands on this unconditional promise. God makes a covenant at this point with Abram. So here's the text: When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, the smoking firepot and the flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, "To your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The land of the Kenites, the Kenazites, the Kadmonites, the Hizites—I'm sorry, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites." <gasps> and the Jebusites. So God is displacing all the people who presently inhabit that land and saying to Abram, this land will belong to you and to your descendants forever. Then in Genesis 17:8, God reiterates the promise to Abraham, adding that the land, the gift of this land is irrevocable. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring um, after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you, give to you uh, and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, to, to get a picture of what God had originally given to Abram, take a look at this map here, okay? Um, so the land that was originally promised to Abram is much much bigger than the land that the Jews inhabit today, right? You can see that it was, uh, according to the promise, it was to go from, actually, some have moved it all away. I have uh, another picture which shows it maybe in more modern terms, all right? That would be about the piece of real estate that God said would belong to Abram and to his offspring. You can see it runs from the Nile River to the Euphrates River and it's quite a large chunk of property. And you can see by comparison how small Israel is today. Now, the the big argument that's going on all over the world is, that, is, is because of the fact of postmodern ideology. Postmodern ide- ideology is broken down into a power struggle. Postmodernism came about, uh, I would say, shortly after World War II. And essentially, the heartbeat or the, the essence of this political ideology is that the only thing that exists is power. And whoever has power probably obtained it. Um, illegitimately, and probably shouldn't have it. And all the people who are under the oppression of someone else's power should be delivered from that oppression, and that power should be taken away from them and given it back to them. Now, what has happened is the Palestinian people have, be, have um, portrayed the Jews as occupiers, right? But if you know your history at all, the Jews are the indigenous people of the land. They've been there. Let me see, they were living in the land 2,100 years before anyone, any person, any state was ever called Palestinian. They were living in that land 2,600 years before Islam was ever even a religion. Living in that land 2,600 years before Islam was ever a religion. Muhammad comes along in 6-something A.D. and just thinks he can rewrite the book or is told by... by um, Allegedly by an angel that he um, that he can rewrite the book, rewrite the Bible, and that the Bible is wrong, and he's going to correct it. And that's how that's how this this controversy begins as to who this land actually belonged to. Um, and if, but for a person who let's say wouldn't want to take the um, the evidence of um, the historical record that the land has been the inextricable. the land has been inextricable to the identity of the Jewish people, there are all kinds of um, archaeological artifacts and all kinds of evidence showing that the Jewish people were living and were settled there. You can go back to the 13th century BC, there's an Egyptian stella, which is an ancient stone slab with markings on it, and it uses the name Israel for the land that we are referring to here this morning. There's a Canaanite Stella from the ninth century BC that identifies Israel and refers to King David by name as the king of that land. So believe the Bible, believe the archeological evidence, but everything about um, this land belongs to by God, because God gave it to Abram and then he said, I will give it to your descendants. This land essentially um, belongs to the Jewish people. And that's why, when, when in, in the world today, the, 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 the mantra of Hamas, and I don't know if you've noticed, but Hamas, when I said it's Marxist-Leninist, it is. They're, they may be Muslim, but the ideology is all Marxist-Leninist. And wherever there is a Marxist-Leninist communist revolution, the first thing that gets challenged is the history of that part of the world. And the history gets rewritten or revised, and everything has changed. Happened in Russia, happened in China, happened in um, Cambodia. In other words, they want to eradicate all the the past history, the reality of the history of the land, so that they can do something that is brand new and justify it. That's kind of the way Marxism-Leninism always works. It is a cultural revolution. So Hamas has been getting close to um, Russia, and... uh, And their motto is, or their mantra is, from the river to the sea. Now, from the river to the sea means from the River Jordan all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. They do not want any Jewish people living there. They want to push them out. They want them completely gone. When when a person who is an advocate for Hamas is asked, well, what particular part of the land is under Jewish occupation? The answer will always be, and you can ask this question if someone disagrees with you on this matter, the, the, the answer to that question will always be all of it. In other words, from Hamas's point of view, from Hezbollah's point of view, Al-Fatah's point of view, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood point of view, Israel has no right to be anywhere on the map. Now, all of the Palestinian people that, are, that have been displaced, and they have been displaced because of the 1947 UN Declaration to give Israel back a piece of their property. This is, what, uh, this is the Balfour Declaration, we'll, we'll pass on that for the moment. Uh, this is the land as it was divided up. The, uh, the greenish part here is the, uh, the land that was given to the, to the Arabs. Do I have a, yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you press some stupid button and everything goes black. Anyway, you can see that the, the, the blue area is what was given to Israel. The, um, the greenish area is the land that was given to the Arabs and to the people of Palestine. It's important to know there was never a state here called Palestine, never. It was named Palestine, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, by Emperor Hadrian in 135 AD. There had been a, a, um, like a revolution um, in Israel, by this guy named Simon Bar Kokhba around 130 A.D., and so the Romans decided we're going to finish this off. They sent down all of their, many of their best troops, and they killed over half a million people. Okay, they quelled this Jewish rebellion, and when when um, a- Hadrian got there, he said, "We're going we're to first of all rename this whole place Capitolina." Um, it was was going to be now the name of Jerusalem, and the entire area was going to be renamed Palestina. And it was meant to be an insult. It was meant to be an offense. It was meant to be uh, imposing or superimposing the name of the ancient enemies of Israel, the Philistines, On this land, to make it look like it all belongs to the Philistines, Palestina became what the land became known as, although there were always Jewish people living there. At the turn of the 20th century, there were over 25,000 people, Jewish people, living in the area of Palestine. If you were born in that area at that time, whether you were a Jew or you were an Arab, your birth certificate said Palestine. Although there was never a organized country called Palestine. So this whole, this whole thing that's going back and forth is illegitimate because the, the land originally was given to the Jews, and the Jews are happy to let the Arabs live there. They have wanted to have a two-state solution. But if you had a two-state solution, let me just tell you what would happen. That whole area, the West Bank there, is there actually a pointer on this? I, ah, all right, that whole area right there or for people over here, right? That is the West Bank right there. That's Gaza down here. My hand is shaking all over the place. Um, That whole area would fill up with Hamas type, Hezbollah type. They would hide within the other Arab peoples, and they would just continue to build their military force kind of like on the QT until it got strong enough to go in and, and liquidate the Jews. That would be what would happen. So... I just thought, I don't wanna miss this golden opportunity while we're in the middle of this whole thing and there's so much controversy to touch this matter again. We're gonna continue this talk uh, by maybe next week or the week thereafter. But it's important for us to understand that the land is there because it's given not by the UN, not by by some group of people, not by the land was given to them by God. And they have every right to be there. And here's the thing, the, the uh, Arab people, or the, particularly the Hamas or Hezbollah people, they would say, well, the Jews, they just have to go. They have no place to go. There is no other Jewish place on earth. Maybe New York City is about the closest thing to that, right? And I'm not trying to be funny or facetious, but I'm just simply saying, um, there is no place for the Jews to go. There are over 45 um, Arab nations, Dis- dispossessed Arab nations, Arabs could go to any of those nations. But they don't because they're just looking to keep this thing going because this is a demonic thing. And so pray for the peace of Jerusalem according to Psalm 122 and let's stay tuned to all of this because what's going on right now is big time. And uh, we want to be alert and ready. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So, just didn't want to miss out on that. But we have the, the lovely ladies of the Myrrh ministry, led by Sophie Gallagher. Make Sophie, give Sophie a round of applause. <laughs> Sophie Gallagher has been faithfully serving our church for 30-plus years, doing ministry among our young ladies for years and years and years, and, years, and now the MER ministry, and um so I guess, why don't you explain what you have in hey. mind to do here today? Do you, you need a microphone? I think you do.
1: Okay, um, good morning. I would like all the merladies to come up um, or sit in the front row. Um, and that would be awesome, the ones that are here. Some weren't able to make it. But we are so excited about today. We've been in the planning of this for a while now. Um, because my niece Desi here, she's part of MER, she suggested a while back, why not share the powerful testimonies that you are sharing once a month, answers to prayer, to the congregation, because they are just so encouraging. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Let's give God the glory for all he has in our children. So um, I i jotted a few things down, but before I get there, I wanted to just say what MER is. It's basically a mom support group. So I looked up support groups, and there are over 500,000 support groups. And all from, you all know, AA, NA, Weight Watchers, and it even goes to um, bug-eating advocate groups, and aliens are, for real, a group. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? How much more do we need a mom's support group? Because we know the pain of those sleepless nights. Maybe some of us here have had children that aren't walking with the Lord, that have, like, made wrong choices. And we, we carry that. Those, these are our biggest treasures, and we carry that. And so I was thinking also, like, why do these support groups work? Because it's scriptural. They are taking from the Bible what works. It says to share your burdens with one another, and in this you fulfill the law of Christ, right? And confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. And as we have committed to do this, us ladies, we have... committed to come together and share some of our greatest burdens and needs, there's healing in that. There is such healing in that because we carry these anxieties and fears and worries. And as we share with each other, it's just so beautiful to know others are praying for my greatest treasure. And um, I can't thank God enough for these ladies. So um, and I wanted to share. Also, that this was great, looking back at the last five and a half years, to see all he has done. So it does say in the scripture that we should remember. So I've encouraged the ladies at some of our group meetings, let's write some of these testimonies down. So we can give them to have a written legacy for our children. And we can pass them down to future generations of all God has done through the power of prayer. Because that's what we want our kids to know, the power of prayer. So um, I am going to share a few of these testimonies now, but before I do it, um, I've some of the names in these testimonies have been left out. So we can protect confidentiality. Our group takes very seriously as we share private information at times. As the year ha- years have gone by, I have learned that I can share almost anything with these ladies, and it will be kept safe. So, and that I am so grateful for. And that's what true sisterhood is really all about, right? <laughs> Keeping each other's secrets and <laughs> praying for each other. So, um, so here are just a few: mothers heartbroken because their children were not even talking to them. Merladies were diligent to pray, and these families have been restored. God is a God of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. And I w- I'm not even talking about a short season. Some of these mothers were praying and praying and praying because their kids were not talking to them through the holidays, through a baby being born. It was very painful. So these families have been restored. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Mothers praying for their children raised in the church and yet their adult children are choosing not to go to church. They're too busy or for whatever reason not committed. And I call it Murr alert Murr alert we need to pray about this because too many adult children are not choosing to go to church. And as I'm thinking about um, these families we prayed for, some adult children, they are now committed in churches. And not only committed, they're bringing their children. Um, I know of one that, teaching VBS in Sunday school. So, praise God, we have seen families come back to the church. Thank you, Jesus. Um, a mom praying for her son struggling in high school, falling into the ways of the world, um, started dating an unbeliever, not making some good choices. She was very, very grieved about this. Mur alert, <laughs> we need to pray. And now um, this son has broken up with this unbelieving girl. He got—he um, was able to go to miraculously uh, a discipleship program where his life was miraculously changed for Christ. He met a beautiful Christian woman. They are married now, and they have—they just had have a beautiful baby boy. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Um, We have seen other daughters and sons break off relationships with unbelievers, only to be in blessed relationships with a believer now. And I always think about what Lorraine says. She says the two most biggest decisions in our life are accepting Jesus in our hearts and who we marry. So our group is really, really committed to praying for her children and their future spouses, and that they choose wisely. Praise the Lord. Okay, and then another MER alert, a beloved sister and Denise, uh, niece, diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. MER ladies prayed continually, and her last PET scan, she's cancer free. Wow. Praise <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Then um, a grandma praying that her granddaughter would use her gift, I don't know if I'll make it through this, to sing for the Lord. Merladies prayed, and the granddaughter not only sings on a worship team, but has since been baptized and is growing in her faith. And the first time she sang in the church was on Mother's Day, and the song was, His Praise Shall Ever Be On My Lips. God is good. God is good. She is using her gift to glorify God. Praise God. Mothers um, struggling with tremendous fears because their children were bound in substance abuse and destructive behaviors. Merladies prayed, and we have rejoiced together to see some of these children now walking in freedom. Praise the Lord. And these are just a few. These are just a few. There's so many these last five and a half years, and some of these ladies are going to share some of the other ones. But, you know, the, the, the Scripture says that we should weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And we have had many times of rejoicing. There has been with these answers to prayer. But we've also shared, like, babies being born and our weddings weddings that we've rejoiced in together and um and the and answers to prayer that literally has made us dance i kid you not we've been we dance together with some of these answers to prayer so praise god but we have also wept with those who wept we have seen some mothers have to go through great loss husbands children and um these are difficult times but we have each other to get through those times right And some who didn't get the answers they had wanted or hoped for. And um, we got to stand with our sisters during these times, right? And then uh, we also... um, I got a little lost here, sorry. And those who are still waiting. And it's long-suffering. We haven't seen every answer to prayer. There's still some waiting. But I just wanted to say we are in the most important battle. It's the souls of our children. So we won't give up on our children, and we won't give up on yours. We are going to continue to pray, because we know the Scripture says there's no greater joy than when our children are walking in the truth. Amen. Amen. And before I end what I'm saying, I just wanted to make another happy announcement Another answer to prayer, my daughter Laura's here with her new fiancé, Luke, and their wedding will be, um, they're getting married, thank you, (laughs) another answer to prayer, thank you Jesus. Okay, so I think who was going to be next, Desi.
2: I'm so excited I really am so excited (laughs) yes I'm sorry I'm embarrassing you I'm the energizer bunny in our family and uh, I just I just love what the Lord is doing and I always tell people you know if you're living in Christ you're looking out of his eyes right so if you can imagine if you're looking out of your eyes the thing that you see the most is your hand moving And we're actually seeing God's hand move in all of our prayers. And that's what's so exciting, and that's what I'm so excited for. And, you know, to praise God, you know, like, uh, so we've experienced and enjoyed the move of of God's hand together as one body. And to me, it was just so exciting to be able to share it with all of you that you all could rejoice with us, because that's what it's all about, Jamie, right? Being one body. That's what you were talking about this morning, you know, like God is making us be together and, and, and in one accord and one body. And like Sophie said, we cry with each other. We laugh with each other. We rejoice, rejoice with each other. So I wanted to share some scriptures that the Lord really put on my heart. And, um, and they were just when he gave me each one of these and he just like he pops things in my head and i have to look them up and i get so excited and then i write them in a line and and it just it comes out as a story and it's just so beautiful his stories are so beautiful and it's all through his words so i'm going to read these scriptures so it's psalm 104 18 to 20 can i use the pulpit sure. because i shake too so <laughs> i'm like you're going to be pointing with something i'm going to be reading like this and i won't even know what i'm reading so i'll I'll just go up here and put this down so I I can read it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's Psalm 102, 18 to 28. And it says, we are here to testify and, oh, I'm sorry. We are here to testify and declare his praise. But this is the scripture, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord to declare his name and his praise when the people are gathered together. That's what we're here for. So, and the second one was um, Chronicles 16.9, to share in our father's praises and give thanks together. That's the purpose, right? So this is the, this is in uh, quote, give thanks to the Lord, exclamation point. I always have to read the exclamation points. Call upon his name, Make known his deeds among the people, exclamation point. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. And they are wondrous, and they are many. And so also to bring together what God has established in Freedom Church, 1 Chronicles 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer with it. If one member rejoices, all the members rejoice with it. And uh, let's see, through it, we are encouraged and edified. And this is 2 Chronicles 1:4. He confronts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God and by each other. And to marvel at his love, his greatness. So this comes out of Mark 5:15 to 20. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. He departed and began to proclaim all Jesus had done for him and all marveled. I love those scriptures. It just, they're going to make me cry. Anyway, so this comes out of Revelation twelve eleven. It's all for his triumph, for his victory over the enemy for us. That is his heart. Okay, this is the scripture. They triumphed over him, and they're talking about the enemy here. They're talking about the devil. They triumphed, they meaning us, triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We can triumph over the enemy. We can have victory over the enemy. Whatever the enemy is doing in your life, forget it, (laughs) you know? God trumps. God trumps that, so... Anyway, we're here for our Savior's praise. That's what we're here for, and that's why we're giving testimony today. you sure you want me to make my testimony? Because I don't want to hog up. Should I do mine last? Oh, okay. (laughs) Did I keep that short? Was that short? You want to hear it? Okay. God wants to hear my testimony, right? God wants to hear my testimony. I, um, so praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord. This is for your glory and praise and honor. Okay, so anyway, I was talking to somebody and you know, I was just sharing, God had shared this a long time with, uh, ago, but God makes a tapestry with our lives. He is such a creator, right? And each one of our lives is a beautiful creation, and each one of our lives is different than somebody else's. It's like a piece of artwork, and I look at it as a tapestry, Uh, not with one skein, one thread, one color, or one cord. All of our testimonies, when you put it together, like when you start your testimonies, it's like a little grid, right? But as you keep having testimonies, that tapestry gets thicker and more vibrant and more colorful and more beautiful. And when we come to see him, he's going to put all that tapestry together, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to it's a great testimony to him. You know, like he's excited about that. So anyway, um uh so um I tried to figure out which testimony that God wanted me to give. I wanted to give about my children, but Sophie covered it pretty much. We, I struggle with my kids like the first three that you were talking about, just N plus and then some. Um, so I tried to figure out which testimony wanted to give me and I was looking at Paul's list of sufferings slash turn testimonies in 2 Corinthians 11. It was all for the Father's glory. I'm not Paul and the sufferings I went through didn't start out for Christ as Paul's sufferings did. But I can shout out today as a living testimony and give that glory to uh, today through Christ who saved me and has been my greatest testimony. As he was surely there and able for Paul, he is surely there and able for us. Right, ladies, yes. When First Mary, so these are kind of, it's kind of like a tapestry, actually. Um, I didn't stick on my child and Sophie wanted me to do about my legs and, uh, cause God healed me here in the church and (laughs) right out there. Um, But it's, it's kind of like a tapestry. So when we were first married, we had begun, we had been in an explosion, not 10 feet from our window and faces. The forest shattered our home in pieces and we were black like burnt toast, even between our teeth everywhere. It was like, we were pitch black. Um, But not one piece of the wood, the aluminum, or glass that flew through our window pierced. Uh, It pierced in the walls around us, but it didn't touch us. And we were right in the middle of it. The hand of God was on us and protected us. It was like his hand was there, and then it was like nothing. Nothing around us even was there. It was incredible. Um, So then also, I had a car accident caused by a drunk driver crushing my legs. The doctor said that I shouldn't even be alive. The hospital prepared a double amputation, but God had other plans for my life. I'm the Energizer Bunny, I need my legs, so (laughs) I do. (laughs) Okay, so a few years back, our son now walked away from our lives. For two years, we didn't see him, And he kept our grandchildren from us. We never got to see them born. And so that was really, that was difficult. Many women from Freedom Church prayed for us. And um, God changed his heart toward us, and he restored us. Uh, A couple years back, neuropathy plagued my already weakened legs, where I was clenching my teeth and pulling myself to go upstairs. I didn't even enjoy walking as I did. But using these lovely ladies' faith here in Freedom Church, God healed me. <laughs> Praise God. My husband's, my husband's back there, Larry. Uh, my husband's reason, aneurysm, and surgery that almost took his life, that was another thing we had gone through. But God was with us, as was our church in prayer. This was everyone entirely, like whoever got to know they were praying for us. Now, we're yoked with God. We're battling now something else, and that's his cancer. So he has pancreatic cancer, right now he's diagnosed. Um, I'm not gonna be presumptuous for what God is going to do, but through all these years, I know our father I know he's been there for us. I know how many times he rescued us. This is just a short list. If you if you saw my list, it's it's crazy. But um, uh, uh, I know the Father. He's awesome and will turn it some way for our good and His glory. God will still be there for us. These all sound so harsh. Like anybody who's here for the first time, or whatever, might say, wow, you know, like, what's God doing, <laughs> you know? But these were not by his hand, his heart, or his thinking. Really, it's the enemy. We know, we know who it is. What he did, though, do is to protect us. He spared us. He healed us, was there for us, and brought our family to us. So what came to mind was Ecclesiastes, the scripture. I always have to throw a scripture in. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.1 came to me. For everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And though there are times we are broken down, we are cast away, that's the scripture. Weeping, torn, I mean this is not in quote the scripture, but it's in the scripture. There are times we are broken down, cast away. Weeping, torn, and at a loss. There is a time, though, to build up, a time to heal, a time to gather, a time to gain, a time to love, and a time to have peace. God has always been the one there all along to do it. He can do it. He has done it. And I glorify him today. And I love the song that we were singing today. I am. I am is very important to me because he is an exclamation point. I don't even have to say anything else. We're singing that song. He is exclamation point. Amen. Thank you, God. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Jenny Jenny, 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 Jenny. Oh Jenny, oh, Jenny. Oh. Whoever wants to be. Not Jenny. Oh. Just the next person maybe be ready
3: to get up there so we don't, you know, we'll do it alphabetically.
4: Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Participating in Freedom's Murray Group, I have found opportunity via Zoom phone or in person to lift up the needs of others as well as have my family's needs lifted up, especially regarding my adult children, both of whom live far away. I have found like-mindedness, empathy, faith, friendship, and love while in rich fellowship with these wonderful women. It has been comforting to me that I am not alone in desiring fruitfulness in my adult children's lives. Prayer has been specifically answered my son rededicated his life to Christ, I believe, in large part because of the prayers we have prayed for Skylar. My daughter, Danae, is blessed in many ways, I believe, because these dear ladies pray. We continue to pray for her total surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, for which we steadfastly believe. One added advantage of being involved in this prayer ministry is having a monthly prayer partner. I remember in particular when my husband had COVID, my prayer partner was available for prayer and encouragement during a really difficult time. There have been other flash flood needs that required flash flood prayers. Together we trust the Lord for victory. A theme scripture for me is a prayer from Psalm 90. May your splendor be shown to our children. Amen.
5: Um, When Sophie invited me to MER five and a half years ago, um, I never thought I'd experience so much love and compassion with all these ladies. Um, My oldest, my youngest daughter um, was just graduating college, and she loved the Lord, but she had no connection with church or any kind of groups, she wasn't plugged in. And the ladies, we prayed, and um, she now gave her testimony um, about a month and a half ago at her church, and she now leads uh, her own Bible study um, with a bunch of faith-filled, amazing women that she just loves. And at the time, um, thank you, at the time, my son um, was not talking to his family, and I first came to Mer. And it was very heart-wrenching for me as a mom that, you know, my son just decided not to talk to us anymore. And we prayed and we prayed, and we even prayed for him that the Lord would give him dreams. And when he started to talk to us again, he called me one morning and said, Mom, I think I heard from God last night, did your ladies at Mer pray for me? And that was just such confirmation. Um, Our oldest daughter... She's still um, a work in progress. Um, she loves the Lord. Uh, she is in a relationship with a non-believer, but he is going to Bible study with her. They're reading the Bible together. So um, we are just continue to pray. And uh, myrrh has just meant so much to me. I just, they, all the women just love on you, and um, they're the hands and feet of Christ. And one more prayer that Sophie's making, one more praise, so he's making me say, is um, I struggled this year with some health issues, and um, I got results on Friday that there's no more cancer in my bone marrow. (laughs) So thank you. Does anybody want (laughs) to? It's
6: wonderful. my testimony is a little different and I know that my family my husband Bob and I are not alone It's going to be very difficult to get through this and um, so several years ago our son died suddenly um, under highly unusual circumstances in Maryland um, the local sheriff's department put false information in the police report lied to us and other authorities destroyed evidence and blocked our investigation the chief medical examiner in Maryland refused to correct false info and blocked all efforts of this investigation. Um, And so um, we began to pray, earnestly pray, and Bob began seeking truth about what happened, and I and and the MIR Ministries women, they began to pray. And we have begun to get answers. Um, So... uh, the scriptures that I um, that we stand on, um, Psalm eighty four, eighty nine, fourteen. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Psalm one o three, six. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Exodus fourteen, fourteen. And this is where we are pretty much right now. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So. I just, again, I just have to thank every lady here for praying because we have seen answers. Um, It's still a difficult walk. But anyways, um, it it was such a difficult thing. Every time, everywhere Bob would turn to get answers, the door was just slammed in our face. It was just shut, and we kept praying. So I'll just read some points here, and you'll see how things have changed. And it's only because of prayer. And it's only because of the faithfulness of prayer. So the testing and other evidence done at the time, and mostly that my husband had requested, strongly pointed to the probability of foul play. A federal agency took the case and uncovered a number of details previously hidden. During this time, the Maryland chief medical examiner left suddenly his office and position and was subsequently chastised by numerous medical professionals nationwide for his handling of other suspicious death cases. So it's not just our case either. Prayers are being answered because of our prayers, and I'm sure other prayers too, but we're seeing um, it's affecting a lot more people even than just us. By 2023, and this is really, really incredible and just shows justice takes time but um the lord does keep his word by 2023 all the people in leadership roles that our case had to depend on for justice all the people who blocked us at every twist and turn were removed except for the local sheriff however his department remains under scrutiny the week of may 14th 2023 we received a phone call from the new interim chief medical examiner from maryland he informed us that the state is reopening our son's case and will now incorporate all the actual evidence and medical records that's a miracle (laughs) and what we've learned is that god is faithful to his word and answers all our prayers Many hours of prayers have pulled back this curtain to veal, reveal the truth and we are extremely grateful. Thank you.
3: Quick cuz it's 12. So so we see that it's after 12 and so I'm supposed to close so so, so Rebecca's going to be short. You know, this is Rebecca. She comes, she doesn't have kids, she's not married. She comes because she loves to pray, and she and she's being blessed. So you don't have to. It's helpful if
7: you're a woman, but (laughs) for a mom's group. (laughs) But you know, anyway. Well, the the, the documentary will define that for you guys. Um, We all have a lot of prayer requests. I'm just going to highlight three. Um, Two of them that have been answered. um, One of them I just wanted to share. Six things went wrong. For this one thing to go right like three people had confirmed wrong dates f- to me about something that allowed something to pass that i had been praying for for months and it was just cool to see that so I want to share that praise there was another thing um, that also i had been praying for my godson because um, his family's not Christian to go to VBS and when I first asked they were like we don't want him singing Jesus songs like that was their stance and lo and behold although he couldn't go for the whole week he was allowed to go for one day and these seem like small things, but they are very big in our lives that we're advocating. Of course, God is in control, but, you know, he cares about the things we care about, and I just want to, you know, give God some praise for those things. The last and final thing, which I'm not going to show the details of, God has provided for me in, but he hasn't answered it in the way that I want it to, but the reason I share that is simply just to share that I've seen God, you know, like I said, make things happen in the most bizarre ways, like six things going wrong for one thing to happen. Like, I know that God can work and I know that he does work. And so in this other matter that he hasn't answered the way I want it to, I trust that if he wanted to, he would. And it's also just a testimony to the fact that like prayer is not manifesting. It is not manifesting what we want, but it is, you know, us, you know, getting, you know, having a relationship with God. Hallelujah. (laughs)
3: Isn't that wonderful? All these wonderful things. Oh Lord. Two years ago in the summer of 2021, there was an accident at my son Josh's work and he sliced two of his fingers on his left hand. He had 16 stitches and they didn't know if the nails would grow back properly. Another trouble was that in a few weeks he was supposed to be playing bass at a benefit concert with his brothers. You kind of need your fingers to play bass. Well, we got the MIR Ministries praying, and many others were praying. We were asking for a miracle that somehow his fingers would be fine and he'd be able to play this concert. Well, he did play, but his fingers were still bandaged up, but he played anyway. He was able to play every song except for one super complicated one they had planned with just two fingers and a thumb. He did great. No one could tell the difference except maybe his brothers. His fingers healed completely. They work awesome and his nails even grew in fine. All glory to God. And when I asked him if I could share this, that's exactly what he said. He wants it to bring glory to God. I just like so many of us could go on and on with answers to prayer. Thank you, Mir Ministries and you others who were praying for my sister Lisa as she helped our dad through his last weeks, and then our mom and stepdad to transition into assisted living. When you know people are praying for you, it makes a huge difference. And again, we give all the glory to God. And maybe that's one reason why he answers prayer. He loves it when we give him glory. He knows it's good for us. And it's so exciting to join with someone and then see God work in their life and know that you were a part of that work. Ephesians 3, uh, yes, I hope you'll get it on there. Ephesians 3, uh, 20 to 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or imagine, according to the power that works in us, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Notice a couple of things here. To him be the glory. To all generations, our kids, grandkids, and on and on. According to the power that works in us as we pray with the weapons of our warfare that are mighty in God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says it, too. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. I hope you catch our excitement, not just for Myrrh Ministries, but for the power of prayer. If you haven't been praying much, just start somewhere. Matthew 18 can help. Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. If you're married, pray with your spouse. If you live with one or more of your children, pray with them. A very simple childlike prayer is all it takes. If you live alone with your Heavenly Father, ask Him who you can reach out to to pray with. And I think being gathered together includes FaceTime, Zoom, and maybe even texting. And please consider Myrrh Ministries. We meet uh, the first Sunday of every month. Um, If you can get that, yeah, there. And we try to be done by two. Doesn't always work because the Lord is doing such awesome things. And every Tuesday from 3 to 4.30, we have a Zoom prayer time. We have a Facebook group and we offer prayer partners, as someone mentioned, where we can share more one-on-one. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of praying for our children and grandchildren. And I pray for all the children and grandchildren of Freedom Church and all the people. Work in their lives right where they're at, Lord, and bring them to your heart, to where you want them to be. May they walk in your truth all the days of their lives. Bless them in every way and help us help them If there are broken relationships, restore them in your perfect timing. Give us faith that imagines wonderful things for them. And we commit ourselves to giving you all the glory in Jesus' name. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or imagine according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations forever and ever amen hallelujah all glory to god